0: The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 on the Tuesday Point. You can listen to The Point on KPOV each weekday at 9 a.m. on 88.9 FM in Central Oregon and kpov.org our interview with Dr. Don Nolt. She is a professor of pediatrics in the Division of Infectious Diseases at the OHSU, Oregon Health Sciences University School of Medicine. She specializes in caring for children with infectious diseases at Dornbecker Children's Hospital, which is one of America's leading pediatric hospital. Uh, she has a particular interest in infections in children with malignancies, immunodeficiencies, and cystic fibrosis. And she has been doing a lot of work and a, a lot of communication with our communities about uh, our favorite topic, uh, COVID, and the pandemic we're in. Uh, Dr. Noel, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, good morning. Thank you to Bruce and Steve for this opportunity to talk. All right. So um,
0: I guess we – I'm not exactly sure, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, the, the best way to start. I mean, can, can maybe you describe what – this is going to sound like a really strange – question at this point in a pandemic, but what exactly is COVID and why is it such a problem for our bodies and our society?
1: Sure. So um, the SARS-CoV-2 virus is what causes the disease that we call COVID-19. It's a mRNA virus. Um, We haven't seen anything like this. Well, now we have, but you know, (laughs) two years ago, we hadn't seen anything like this. Um, And so a lot of people uh, our population hadn't had a lot of immunity previous. And as we were acquiring immunity, as you know, the virus can change and the SARS-CoV-2 virus changes very quickly, every two weeks. And now um, we have a variant um, that is very, very contagious. And so we are just continuing to experience decreasing, uh, changing immunity and a new virus almost every three to five months, it feels like, Bruce.
0: It does feel like that. So is that uh, something that's unique to the corona-type virus, that it, it mutates a lot?
1: Yes, it is something that we expect from the coronaviruses. And so when virologists look at this and immunologists look at this particular virus, we have to understand how quickly it, um, it mutates. Sometimes our immune system can cover the different variants. We call it cross-protection. But as we see with Omicron, there's not a lot of cross-protection if you've been um, previously vaccinated a long time ago or had infection with a different variant. So right now, it's almost like we have a new disease.
0: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess it does seem that way. We have a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are vaccinated and and even sometimes even have with the booster uh, still right. acquire and still have some symptoms yeah.
1: the one thing i you know in uh researching for this interview because i'm i was really excited to speak with you is that uh you know there's 36 counties in oregon and, and the three counties that have the highest case rates of covid19 are in order uh jefferson deschutes and crook <laughs> the top three yay um and so i think this this um interview we're doing is, is very important to kind of talk about how we can bring those case rates down. Um, but yeah, um, Central Oregon in the top.
0: So that's, uh, do you have any thoughts about why, why Central Oregon is in the top now?
1: I think that um, we know that there are a lot of protective um, measures that we can do, uh, Bruce and Steve, um, vaccination, uh, boosting, masking, trying to limit our social gathering. And I really think that we are seeing um, that Omicron is here. And if you're not boosted, you will likely get infected if you don't otherwise practice other, other measures. And when you look at the rates of having the primary vaccine or the booster, these three counties are somewhat low. Deschutes is actually doing quite well. So I don't know if you are residents of Deschutes. The um, vaccination rates are, are actually better than the rest of the state. But I'm sure there are other reasons as to why the case rates are higher in these three counties.
0: I guess that stresses, especially here in Central Oregon, in our listener yes. area, right? Yes, uh, the yes. importance, yeah, the importance of protection, of taking protective steps. Uh, so exactly. can you talk about what those are? I mean, I think we sure. know to a certain extent, but we'd like to hear it from the uh Oh, the thank
1: you. <laughs> thank you. I, I can always talk. So I think the one thing I did want to say is that um, Omicron is thought to be less serious, um, even though more contagious, less serious than the other variants. But you know what, it's kind of like looking at your kids, if you have more than one child, Um, you just want to look at at Omicron and see what it brings um, to the population. And it's incredibly contagious. And even though it may not be as severe um, in terms of its disease, you're still gonna get sick. Uh, You you might need to stay home, away from work or school. So the things that we can do really for Omicron is is to boost. The CDC just came out with two studies um, last week showing that as Omicron was emerging in the United States in December, it was quite clear that if you were infected a long time ago or you had your vaccinations more than five to six months ago you were pretty susceptible but boosting was quite effective and so that's why we always want people to vaccinate and also now to to boost and i could keep talking sorry um you know (laughs) thank you so the cdc about 11 days ago now in recognition that Omicron is so contagious, now change their mask guidance. So now they're really pushing for masks that are a higher um, protection rate. These masks are called N95s or KN95s and, or KN94s. And this is a recognition that we should wear the most protective mask we can But also make sure that it's comfortable and you can wear it for a long time. So those are two things that we really need to um, use to combat Omicron is really to get boosted and wear the most protective mask you can.
0: I had COVID over Christmas. Oh, I'm uh, I, assume, sorry. I think you know, I assume it was omicron I mean I, I don't really know right. I guess it's, we don't it's really ninety nine percent
1: of the isolates, so I, I think that's a very good that's a very good guess
0: yeah, and I had my vaccination pretty early uh-huh. in the process, yes. I got boosted, but it was only two days before my exposure, so oh. I don't think it did quite but i, I all I want to say is really want to say on that is that I don't know what the medical definitions of mild are necessarily, but I was pretty sick i didn't have to go to yeah. the hospital or anything uh, yeah, but it was yeah. it was not fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no and, yeah. and i didn't yeah. feel i didn't feel mild. so just so people know and then the fatigue and i'm only saying mm-hmm. this to stress the importance of protection yeah. uh, the fatigue from it lasted a long time Yes, a good two yes. or three weeks. I'm still yes. just kind of getting to the point where I think, oh, I'm going to be, inter- I'm going to have a decent amount of energy most of today, finally.
1: Yeah. Um, well, Bruce, it's certainly something that we recognized early in the pandemic. Goodness, early as you know, early 2020. <laughs> but we we recognize that there's always some fatigue after a viral infection or any infection. But a lot of people, after they experienced COVID-19 early on, uh, really had a prolonged fatigue. And also, um, Bruce and Steve, it's interesting, you know, you may get over COVID, the, the initial infection, and, and thankfully you did, um, and you look very well, by the way. <laughs> um, but but then, you know, there are long-term effects. Uh, you've I don't know if you've heard of long COVID, this sort of rather vague symptom of brain fog and, and fatigue that, he- that hits maybe up to a third of people who, who had COVID, and in children so that's sort of my area of interest in children it has always been thought that covid doesn't really cause them severe disease and that's true but 2 to 6 weeks later some of those children's have immune systems that rev up and then cause them to land in the hospital because now there is input and and a reaction to their to their heart and their blood pressure and their um and other parts of their body so to really prevent the downstream effects, such as your, your fatigue or, or long haulers or um, this pediatric sort of inflammation, just don't get COVID. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, um, yeah. Well, I was going to say, and we live in a, a very active community, and yes. I think a lot of people try to return to normal activity mm-hmm. before they've mm-hmm. allowed the healing to complete. I used right. to be in the fitness industry. We used to tell people, don't come back till you're right. completely over. And, yeah. and then some, you know, it's better to yes. be cautious.
1: That's right. I agree with that, Steve. You know, the CDC says um, they really tightened down or, or shortened, I should say, the isolation period for when you're sick. So, bruise can kind of, you know, uh, get out and about as early as five days after you started feeling sick, as long as you got better. But CDC says, even though you think you're out and about five days after your positive test or you're feeling ill, please wear a mask for 10 days. And so, um, Steve, that gets to your point, like, really be careful, because you could still be contagious, even though you may feel well.
0: Yeah, I I got sick right when they made that change Mm -hmm. from 10 to 5. And I I, I quarantined for 10 days. I I just didn't feel comfortable. And I was still having symptoms on day 5.
1: Yeah. And they were milder, but, you know. Yeah, and so... Thank you for your service.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. I was able, you know, in the modern world, I was able to work from home, but... Yeah, um, that is, yes, advantage. Yeah, not on, not on the radio. Wasn't ever on the radio, but uh, so there's uh things I've been reading about. It's sort of along the idea of of let Omicron rip, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just let yeah. let everybody get sick, and we'll develop quote herd immunity, and we'll all be fine. Uh, what do you think about that?
1: You know, there is two things that we consider when we are dealing with an infection or a epidemic or a pandemic: is what we can do for the grand public and what we can do individually. So I do agree with the overarching idea that if we get more and more people infected and immune, we'll damp down this virus. But from a personal standpoint, Bruce, you can appreciate this, we don't want people to get COVID. So I'm not gonna go to a party and try to get myself infected with COVID because I know what it will do for me personally and what it will do for my family. So I would still say that there is a reason to not get infected um, and not to deliberately expose yourself. So continue to wear your mask and try to be boosted and try to stay away from large, large gatherings.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was just making that point that we, you Mm -hmm. know, this, this is a disease you don't want to mess with. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah uh, and so uh, since you specialize in children I'd really like to talk about what are your what are your thoughts on uh COVID, Omicron and schools sure. and our school children.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, very good. So You know, Omicron is really taking a big swipe at our children. It may not seem like uh, much, but over the MLK weekend, we had as many as 25 kids hospitalized with COVID in the um, state. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but that is much higher than the six to eight that we were seeing each day early on. So really is hitting our kids and, and they're being hospitalized. You know, we want our children um, to remain in school because there are benefits, of course, we all know, to in-person learning. And so for those kids, to protect those kids, to continue to have them in school, we need to make sure everyone's masked. We need to make sure that everyone who is eligible to get vaccinated and boosted do so. And hopefully that will um Keep our children in in the um, schools and and safe safe elsewhere. But we are we are seeing a, an increase, and not only that, um, Bruce and Steve, that sort of downstream inflammatory response that I talked about that that actually lands kids in the hospital. Um, we're seeing an increase in that. So not only are the kids getting hospitalized with COVID disease, we're certainly seeing an increase in kids being hospitalized from the from the downstream effects of COVID.
2: Do you think that there's, uh, what are the chances of having long-term effects, Omicron versus Delta?
1: You know, that's a great question. Great question, Steve. We, we don't know that. You know, Omicron's only been around for uh, seven weeks in the United States. And so we don't have that data. Yeah. And, and, and interestingly, you bring up um, a good point. Just because you had mild disease or severe disease initially, that doesn't predict the whether or not you're going to get the downstream effects or how serious they are. So we certainly have kids who almost never realized they were sick, maybe a parent was sick, but they now comes back two to six weeks later with this inflammatory response. So we don't know, but um, the best thing to do is not get not get Omicron.
2: Yeah, I, I know in our particular community in Redmond, there's a situation where I think a lot of kids are influenced by their parents, and we've had a real debate at the high school level mm-hmm. about whether kids mm-hmm. should be masked or not. And I think that mm-hmm. the parents have a great deal of influence and sometimes they don't make use the best judgment.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really feel that, you know, you don't get, I think that that kids are the most protected if they're in school because hopefully they're vaccinated, the teachers and the school staff are vaccinated and they should wear masks. If we don't do that, then people are going to get infected and they could drive uh, a cluster or an outbreak at that school. We haven't seen uh, big outbreaks yet, um, but that may be down the line as Omicron continues to, as you say, um, Bruce, rip through rip through our population. I, and I know th- this is almost
2: an impossible question, but because you'd have to have a crystal ball, will we have uh, variants that are worse than Omicron that are spawned from this?
1: Yeah, it's boy. It's hard to say. The virus you will mutate, and we talked about this earlier in the show. If there's actually a a pot of virus around, and so if you could drive down the virus really, really low, there's less chance that you're going to get um, a variant or or a mutant coming uh, emerging. It's hard to predict the future, but what we can do now is drive it down. You know, use the practices that we already know vaccinate boost ourselves mask hand wash to drive it as down as much as we can but you know Steve I can't predict the future but um, check in with me in about three to five months because that's usually when the next variant comes around and so we can we can have another conversation (laughs) no
2: doubt Well, you know, and I think it really underscores the fact that so much of the rest of the world doesn't have enough uh, access to the vaccines, and that's going to become a problem in the future, and hopefully we won't develop more lethal
1: variants. Right. And And, and Steve, you bring up a good point. It's the pockets, right? It's not just like the entire state of Oregon is going to um, emerge and have now we have an Oregon variant. But there are pockets, um, you know, within a state pockets within a country that um, may allow a variant to rise. And sometimes variants rise and then just die off and we don't care. But, you know, it's really the variant that comes up from a pocket of um, under immunized um, or unimmunized people, and then uh, proliferates, and then persists. And so really, if we can drive down the virus in all areas, all communities, um, that that would um, pretend well for our for our future.
0: Another mm-hmm. component we haven't talked about of, sure. the, of protection is testing. Yes. And uh, yes. So can you talk about that, about uh, availability in our communities and our schools mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the importance mm-hmm. of testing in general too?
1: Sure. Sure. So I like to say that we can't test ourselves out of this pandemic, um, but we can use testing to try to not infect um, the small people, the, the small group of people around us. I think that um testing is helpful to 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 prevent maybe an outbreak but we also know that tests are not infallible they're not 100% uh successful not nothing really is but you have to layer things but start with vaccinations go with masking and then um with testing i like to look at your public health websites, um, the county websites are very good. The three uh, websites um, of Jefferson and um, Deschutes and Crook County, um, they have a lot of information about testing and vaccines. So I would urge your listeners to look at that. There are tests available um, and those websites do a good job in, in showing where they are.
2: Yeah, I think it's been really difficult because I am a senior, uh, every time, you know, you have a, a mild headache or anything else, uh, there's an immediate concern that, have oh, I got oh, it. Oh,
1: yes. I, I, I've gotten um, tested so many times. If I had a, um, uh, a, a kitchen utensil for every time I got tested, I think I could probably serve, you know, 20 people at my <laughs> dinner table. Um, but you're absolutely right, um, Steve, that a little tickle, a little a snotty nose, a small headache, it does raise awareness, and I'm glad you, you are feeling that way. And um, you stay home first and then try to get a test.
2: Yeah, it's it's really been challenging in our community. Uh, mm-hmm. In particular, mm-hmm. it, it, when I travel between Ben and Redmond, mm-hmm. Ben is much better about observing the masks, mm-hmm. the, the masking idea. And Redmond tends to be a little uh, less compliant and certainly prineville and some of the other outlying cities Mm -hmm. seem to have a problem i sure hope they're listening today
1: (laughs) i think masking works um as you know um a lot of the masking uh sort of requirements or, or strong suggestions certainly were um relaxed on the east coast and that's why the east coast got hit with omicron so so badly um they're starting to to the Omicron is starting to um, dissipate now in the East Coast, but it really took a big, um, a big uh, swath through the population. I think a lot of it because of the masking, the the relaxation of masking. Oregon's doing a very good job, but um, you highlighted some pockets of improvement, of <laughs> opportunities for improvement.
0: Great, yeah. So, uh, Doctor Note, is there um, anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, think that might benefit our. Uh, high incident <laughs> population yeah, here in yeah, Central yeah. Oregon.
1: You know, certainly we don't want to be sick and, and have to take off work and school. But we also want to be cognizant of the people in our community that work in healthcare. And I, I'm a, pe- a pediatrician and a provider, so that's probably a little self-serving. But I spoke to um, a physician, an infectious disease physician at St. Charles, who is that healthcare system is the major one in Central Oregon. And they're stretched stretched. Their their um, capacity has been working 24-7 for two years. Their healthcare workers are working so hard, but also are getting infected. And so we just want people to, you know, get vaccinated, mass, to make some space at the hospital, to make some space for people that not only need COVID care, but, you know, we still have medical issues like strokes and and cancer and things that we need the hospital beds for. So I think just to be careful with yourself and with others, and to really make space in the community and um, at the hospitals for people who who need medical care. That's very a very important message to think about.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's of the utmost importance. The one thing that I don't want to do is have to fill in for a doctor or a nurse. I'm not qualified, yeah. and and most certainly, you know, if if it hits our medical community hard enough, mm-hmm. it really will cause some problems. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, we're bringing Steve. We're bringing in Saint Charles is bringing in FEMA. They're bringing in National Guard. They're bringing in other other resources that the state can can um, provide. So they're really stretched. Um, it is funny to see a National Guard serving meals to a, to a patient. It is kind of interesting. But that's where we're at, is that we don't have enough to help people who, who need medical care. So if there's a way you can stay out of the hospital and get yourself you know, vaccinated and masked, um, that would be a great service to everyone in the community.
0: Wow. All right. Yeah, so uh, that that is uh Dr. Nolt. Thank you for putting it that way. That's a that's a great one. Mm-hmm. like get vaccinated, not get vaccinated for everybody. It's like sort of like your duty to your community. Yes. Uh and yes. I my our youngest daughter is an ER nurse. Uh she's mm-hmm. uh working on a contract in Southern Oregon. Same yes. thing. She says basically I talked to her yesterday. She said we're all COVID
1: right now. She's like we're yeah. all COVID. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's that's all it is. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, so and it's, it's all COVID in the hospital. Thank you, um Bruce. And it's people who are uh, unvaccinated. Yeah, it's, right. It's yeah, a, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah, that's exactly what she's observing. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, that is. Yeah. That's, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Doctor Nolt, uh, our show is about to end. If you have anything else to say, please, please do. We can take you right to the. <laughs> we, we, will, we will take every second. If know, we can. every.
1: Oh, you're so kind. And we should do this again, right? In about three <laughs> to five months, we should definitely do this again, gentlemen. Hopefully, no. I'm- every. Thank you so much. I think. Every vaccine, every mask, every avoidance of a very large gathering is going to help. Okay. So you have you as a person, as an individual can impact the community. And so, um, you know, that's what we need to think about.
0: All right. OK, great. Uh, thank you, Dr. Don Nolt of the Oregon Health Sciences University uh, specializes in pediatrics and is here to talk to us and the, the state and our area about uh the pandemic. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Noll. <laughs> of course.
1: Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. you too.
0: Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.